Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Man, do we love to worship in this place, amen? Come on, isn't it good to worship our King? So, isn't it good to be in the house of God, amen? Um, We're going to turn to the Word and just look to what God wants to say to us here this morning. Um, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy 6, chapter 6, verse 12. It's Paul talking to Timothy. He's giving a final charge to him. And he says, it's just one verse that's so powerful. Fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you with humility. We come before you with open hands, Lord God waiting to be filled by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And we pray that through your word, that can be done. Lord, that through your word, Lord, lives will be changed here this morning. Lord, there might be brokenness that needs to be restored. There may be burdens that need to be lifted here this morning. Would you do that through your word? Father, I pray that the faith of your people would be stirred, would increase God, we press into you because, Lord, you are our only hope. Where this world is offering no hope at all, God, things are looking bleak. They're looking hopeless. You are the light in the darkness. You are our hope and we put our faith and our trust in you. And we pray that this word would just be anointed and come from your heart. We pray in your name. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. The purpose of my sermon this morning is to encourage you to increase, to hold on to and fight for your faith. It's a simple purpose here this morning. It's to increase, to hold on to and fight for your faith. Come on, somebody say that with me. Fight for your faith. Somebody say it again. Fight for your faith. Come on, this is not, uh, we're not in some kind of uh, battle that we are defeated in, but we are in a victorious battle, church. And this is what I want to talk to you about this morning, to hold on to your faith, to let it increase. In a season like we're going through right now, it's easy to diminish, to feel defeated. But I want to tell you that God is on our side. He is fighting for us. And if we fight for our faith and hold firm, stand firm against the enemy, we will overcome and we will see victory in Jesus name. We're all fighting some sort of battles in our lives and if you're not God bless you but I don't want to scare you but it's, it's, it might be coming. It's likely that you will face some battles right. You will eventually face one and especially during this season people are facing all kinds of battles. Um, whether it's financial, some of us are, um, you know, have lost our jobs during this time. Um, 
you know, we're, we're probably protected a bit more here in South Australia, but all around this nation and around the world, people are losing their jobs. And that's, that puts a lot of pressure on people, a lot of pressure on families, and people are, are living in fear. They're fa- you know, there's pressure on our marriages, there's pressure on the family unit. There's also that thing called sickness that is still there. People are sick. You know, there are so many battles that we're facing, fear and anxiety, fear of the unknown, what's going to happen in the future, uh, what's going to happen now. Like, where are we going with everything that's happening around us? Um, There's so many battles that we're facing. And with, with all these battles that we face, the goal of them is to shake us to the core and to ultimately affect our faith. These battles can feel like they are impossible to overcome. They're making you lose hope today. Maybe you feel like giving up on God. It's a serious question. Maybe you feel like giving up on God and, and you're saying, what's the point? I can't get through these battles anymore. You know, we're seeing in the world today mental health issues that are, are skyrocketing, depression and, and anxiety. Those, those statistics are just through the roof at the moment. This is throughout the nation, throughout other nations around the, uh, the world. And as a result of this season we're in, we're seeing these, these statistics just rise and people are losing hope. It's a season that is easy to let your faith be lost. It's, in, it's a season where it's easy to just let our faith just slip and we can use it as an excuse to say, well, look what's going on in my life. I'm facing all these battles. God, I, I just can't get through this anymore. It's a reality in some of our lives. Whatever you're battling today, whether it's addiction, whether it's depression, whether it is relationship struggles, marriage struggles, family disappointment, whether it's sickness, you know, these can be an extreme discouragement for us and it can be a distraction. It can be discouraging to the point of losing our faith and our belief in God, but it can also be distracting to the point of making our faith inactive. Yeah? In James 2.17, it says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We can have a belief in God, but if we are being held inactive, if we're being held dormant, if our faith is dormant, it's not faith at all. It's dead, the Bible says. See, what happens is our challenges can consume us. We're so busy. We're so consumed by the battles, the mountains, the fear. How are we going to get through this? What are we going to do? That we become so ineffective in our calling as Christians. The dreams that God had given you, the promises He had spoken over your life are forgotten until hope and faith are completely lost. But the word of the Lord is saying to us this morning, come on, you sons, you daughters of the living God. Don't lose your faith. Don't let it be shaken, church. Come on, he says to that lack in the finance, to when we're afraid of an economic downturn, he says, I am the God that will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Come on, he says to those marriages, he says to those families at the brink of breaking point, he says, I am the God that in Christ, 
Christ will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. He says to that sickness that you're going through, I am the God that will stretch out my hand and heal your sickness and heal your land. He says to the fear and the anxiety and the unknown, fear not for I am with you. I have called you by name. He's the God who didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. Come on, church. I want you to get that this morning. I'm, I'm starting from the get-go because I've only got 25 minutes. They're going to come start playing the Oscar music. You know, when people start talking too much, they're going to grab me with a stick off the stage. So I've got to go quick here. And I want to let you know that it's our God that is for us. He will stretch out His hand and heal you. He's the God that will supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. This is in His Word. This is what He promised. It's a promise back then 4,000 years ago when some of these Scriptures were written. And it's a promise for us today in 2020. He will supply your every need. Let your faith increase in this place this morning, church. All these battles that we're facing, we can overcome. We can overcome these battles. We have God on our side. He says that we can have a faith that won't be shaken. If your faith is lacking this morning, it's understandable. We understand, I understand my faith can take a hit. My faith has taken a hit throughout the past couple of months in some different areas of my life. But all I want to encourage you this morning is that God is, is understanding of, of where we're at. He understands our position and he's, all we need to do is just take refuge, take that safety in his word, make it reside in our hearts, in our minds and start declaring scripture like this one in Mark chapter 11. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. It will be done for him. This is the promise of Jesus. Have faith in God. Let not your faith be shaken today. Let it not be discouraged, but put your hope in the Lord. Because He can make a mountain be moved in your life. Church, this could be a season where the faith of, God people, of God's people begins to die and wither. Or, what, or it could be a season where we realize or we're a part of one of the biggest revivals in the history that, of the church. It could be. Why couldn't it be? All it takes is the faith of God's people to begin to rise. Imagine all of our faith in this place just begin to grow and increase and strengthen in the midst of these battles, in the midst of one of the hardest seasons to live in right now on this earth. These battles we're facing, what a move of God we'll see. I was just in the congregation last week during the worship and it was a powerful time of worship and Sometimes you're in the place and you think, oh, what is it? Is the music different? Is it because Luke's leading and not Chris? Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. It was Luke that was leading last week. And it was just powerful. I was in the congregation over there. I'm thinking, what is it? And I just looked around and saw the faith of you, of the church, of the people of God. And, and I'm just, you know, what was brought to my mind was some of the battles that everyone's facing and what I'm facing. And I think, wow, 
We're here to worship a God in the midst of the mountains that we face, in the midst of the battles that we face. And when God's people gather together, God's be- God begins to move in this place. Amen. We're in the house of God. Let's increase in our faith, church. It was just something special last week and even this morning as we were worshiping. So why the good fight? When the topic of fighting arises, it usually has a negative or devastating connotation like war. In war, yes, there's normally a winner, but there's always loss. Loss of life, loss of property and livelihoods. But this fight we are called to in the word is referred specifically to a good fight. It's a good fight. Why is it a good fight? It's a good fight because we're fighting with the king. It's a good fight because it's fought with good promises. It's good because we are doing the will of God. And it's good because of the glorious riches uh, that are waiting for us, the glorious reward for all who fight for it. It's a good fight, church. Fight the good fight of faith. Come on, someone say good fight. Come on, someone say good fight with me. This is not a fight where we are defeated or we have um, uh, defeat in the, in the future, but we have victory to overcome whatever obstacle comes in our way. Why fight for it though? What are we fighting for? We're fighting for our faith. Why fight for it? Is it worth it? Is it worth fighting for? These are these are questions sometimes that arise as the battle gets stronger, as the mountain seems higher. Balcony, I forgot you're up there. Sorry, how are you going? All right? Give me a wave if you're at the balcony. Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay. I actually forgot you guys are there. Okay. That's because you're not saying amen loud enough. Okay, come on. All right, I heard a couple. All right. Fight the good fight. Is it worth it? If the Christian life was never meant to be easy, and has its difficulties, then what's the point? Here's the point. Whether you strive as a true Christian or decide to live independent of God and the trials of life, sorry, to live independent of God, the trials of life still remain. Doesn't it seem more rational and fitting to live a life of trials with a God who can move mountains, heal the sick, restore the brokenhearted, provide us with real joy, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit than to face those same trials alone? The cost of striving, waiting, trusting and fighting for our faith is worth the eternal crown that is waiting for us. We strive because we have a hope. It's like an athlete that, is training for Olympic gold. I look at those swimmers. You know, those swimmers get there 4.30 in the morning. For four years straight, they are pushing their bodies to the limit. They are striving. What are they striving for? I want gold. I want that prize. And, you know, they do it with every uh, possibility, with a high possibility of not winning any prize at all. They do it with actually potentially not making the finals. But the beauty about our fight, church, is that we strive, we fight, we press on. But the promise that the fight that you are in is a good fight, we are promised a prize. In this life, 
And in eternity, we are promised a crown of righteousness. We are promised all good gifts from heaven. And when it says, take hold of the eternal life in 1 Timothy, that's actually meaning in eternity, but also for today. It's not the result of the contest, but it's the substance of the striving. Okay, that word take hold is actually what keeps us going. We've got the eternal prize and that's Jesus, a relationship with Jesus Christ, which helps us in the striving and in the fighting. Who who are our enemies? If we're fighting for our faith, it's important that we understand who or what we're actually fighting against. See, a Christian's battle for their faith begins at salvation. The types of battles I mentioned before happen on the outside world around us. A lot of them are external, but it's the battles within that have the greatest impact on our life and walk with God. It's the battles within the heart, within the mind, the thinking patterns, our emotions, our feelings. They have the greatest impact on our faith. The principal fight of every believer is against three enemies. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Three enemies that we constantly have to fight um, is the world, the devil, and the flesh. J.C. Ryle says, The worst chains are those which are neither felt nor seen by the prisoner. What I mean by that meaning... What does he mean by that? Meaning when we think we're fighting against things we can see, we may actually be a prisoner to the real enemies which fight for our soul. Let me say that again. These battles that we see around us consume us and we are in them, but there might be an internal battle that is actually going on. Sorry, not might. There is an internal battle for our soul that is continually going on and we may not even see that we are prisoner to them. Like I said before, there are some battles that have become such a distraction to us that our faith may be taken captive by the world, the enemy or the flesh. The first enemy, the world, doesn't take a genius to see that the world is in a dire state. But the systems of the world, the temptations that the world offers are after one thing and that's your heart. The world wants your full attention so that it can hold you captive and that you can just conform to the patterns. We just conform to what's going on. Second enemy is the devil. We don't, by the way, these are in no particular order of What's worse? They're all bad. We don't, talk, we don't want to talk about him too much these days, but the Bible tells us that there is an enemy after your soul. It's the devil. As modern day Christians, we kind of put him in uh, an over there basket. I'll deal with that later. And we should never like, kind of talk about him. But church, we, we can't underestimate that the enemy is trying to attack us. There is an enemy out there that wants your faith, that wants your soul. Each of us, he attacks in different ways. In different ways, he will present us with different battles, different obstacles. He will find out what your weaknesses are and keep us bound in areas he knows we're too weak to fight against. First Peter, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The third enemy, the flesh. This is referred to, there are two types of flesh that the Bible refers to, the flesh in the physical realm, but this is our sinful nature. 
And it's at war with our spirit. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. See, we have to be careful we don't get caught believing the lie that becoming a Christian means I'm on the golden road to heaven and I've got to be perfect. I just want to take a time out and a pause here just to focus on this. Once you become a believer in God, you will be quick to find out the opposite. You will realize how imperfect we really are. The important thing is not to aspire for perfection, but to fight in the imperfection. One of the biggest lies we either tell ourselves or other people have told us is, oh, since we are Christians, things should get easier now. Church, that's when the battle begins. It's as we are truly saved that we become aware of the the effects of the flesh and the sinful nature and the need for a saviour. How common this is amongst us Christians that we think the striving and the fighting is for our salvation. We think that, oh no, I've sinned again. I better do something good now so that way I don't, you know, jeopardize my place in heaven. It's kind of like this example that I thought of. We're on a diet at the moment at home. Well, it's, we call it a healthy eating lifestyle plan, okay? It's a diet. Anyway, the first week, pretty tough. I didn't think I could get through it, right? I didn't think I could get through this. It's week four now, and I've got to say, it's still tough, okay? Don't want to make it positive because it's still tough. But it's a bit easier than when we first started. You know, you think, oh, yeah, a bit of, bit of victory, and you want to keep pressing on. You think, how long can I last with this? And, uh, you know, I'm doing well. I'm eating healthy. Uh, the thing is, though, no matter how long I'm on this diet, healthy healthy eating lifestyle plan for I'm always going to prefer a double cheeseburger from Macca's. Amen? Amen. i got some friends out there. It's not because I don't know that it's bad for me, because I do. We all know the calorie count. They don't need to put it on the screen. I know that's bad for me. It's just something, it's just something within me that always prefers the double cheeseburger over a carrot. It's like there's an unhealthy eating nature within me. I prefer the, the cheeseburger, but I know the carrot is better for me. It just takes discipline and striving and fighting against that thought that, no, I can't go back to how unhealthy I was. It takes a bit of hard work. It's hard work. The cravings and the urges for the cheeseburger will always be there. And so is the fight against our sinful nature. It's always going to be there. When we become believers, you know, Jesus has freed us from sin. But the sinful nature remains. It's at constant battle with our soul because we live in a fallen world. But church, I want to encourage you today that we can overcome it. God has given us the grace to be free from it, but also to overcome it by his grace. It says where sin increased. The grace of God increases all the more. I just want to encourage those that are struggling with sin. You fall, you try to get better, then you fall again. Each time it's like you're in a cycle spiraling down and your faith is taking a hit. Don't give in to the lie that God doesn't love you. We don't want to remain in disobedience to God. But He understands your struggle. He understands your weakness and will always be there as you turn to Him. Our response to sin is like Adam and Eve. We run and hide. And God is like, 
Eve, where are you? Adam. Jesus' response to sin. He comes and draws a line. The woman caught in adultery. And he says, cast the first stone. You who haven't sinned, they just drop it. That's him next to us today. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want us to remain in our sin, but he understands our weaknesses. And he gives us the strength and the grace to overcome it. That Oscar music's going to be playing soon, I think. The intention of these three enemies is to have victory over us by ultimately killing our faith in God. That's what they want. The devil doesn't just want you to sin once and, oh, yeah, you know, I made that happen. He wants to kill your faith until you believe that there's no hope left. So how can we fight successfully? Because there is a way to fight successfully. Point number one is we've got to fight on our knees. Fight on your knees. What do I mean by that? Yes, I've ripped it off another sermon. Fight on your knees. We've got to watch and pray. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus went with his disciples to pray. He models for us how to fight. It was there he knew that he was about to take the cross upon his shoulders. He was about to die for all mankind. And not only the, the weight, the, the physical pain, but the pain of being separated from his heavenly father was going to be immense. And he's in the garden. I just watched the Passion of the Christ movie again recently. And it does give a great imagery of Jesus um, praying in the garden. But not just praying, weeping. He's sweating. Sweaty. He's like, he says, my, in the word, it says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's just pouring out his heart to his father saying, take this cup from me. He was fighting his battle with prayer. How many times did we see Jesus go alone and pray? And he models this for us in the best way possible by saying, our father who art in heaven, our father. It's not just a father that is distant, like I said, but it's our father. We're in this fight together, church. And the best way to fight this um, fight, this good fight, is to be on our knees in prayer. First Thessalonians says, pray continually. The reason I say fight on your knees is because it represents a lifestyle that we need to cultivate. And it's constantly in prayer. And it's not just prayer, but it's a sign of surrender. I'm on my knees in surrender to you, God. I think of carpet layers. I've got a cousin who's a carpet layer and his knees are mangled because they probably spend all day working on their knees on the carpet. His knee, if you look at them, I'm like, whoa, what are they, man? You've got to do something about that. But it's, it's good because I think, wow, that's how I should be praying. Now, maybe you're not... You might not physically get on your knees to pray, but it's that posture of saying, God, I surrender to you. And it's a, a lifestyle of prayer. And that will help us to fight successfully. Because when we are faced with these battles, we go back to those moments we spent with God on our knees and we say, no, I remember what you promised me. I know what you spoke to me when I cried out to you. And we can overcome it. We fight by standing. And you think, oh, well, that's 
contrary to what you just said. Yeah, because we fight on our knees before our God. We, we are on our knees in surrender to God, but we stand against the enemy. We do not bow down to the enemy. We do not say, well, this is too hard. Ephesians says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. And the full armour of God is required here, church. You can pick up the shield of faith, but if you neglect righteousness or truth or you leave any other part of that armour out, your body becomes vulnerable. Put on the full armour of God. And you can say, yeah, my faith is strong. I'll, I'll never stop believing in God. I've got my shield. But if you start listening to the lies the enemy throws you away and you forget the belt of truth, your faith alone won't be strong enough. We kneel before God in surrender, but we stand against the attacks of the enemy. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. We need to stand firm against the enemy. We fight by standing. How do we do that? By putting on the armour of God. Read Ephesians 6 where it explains all the different types of armour that we can put on. Righteousness, truth, faith and the sword of the Spirit. Come on, we need to equip ourselves to stand against the enemy. And it's not our power, but by God's Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we, number three, we fight in arms. Don't fight alone. This, this is one of the purposes of the church, to be an army. Pastor Joe preached about this. We fight together. When a soldier is fallen, when a soldier is down, another soldier goes to pick him up. I think of Forrest Gump, you know, when all his mates are like getting shot in the war there and he's just running back and forth and he's just getting all his mates out and he saves them all. When a soldier is down, we need to be around one another. Find a person in this place that can encourage you. If you're struggling in a battle, talk to someone about it. Talk, get in a life group and, and be blessed by people around you. That's going to build your faith. And if all of us here start to increase our faith, what a move of God we're going to see. Amen. We are the army of God. And then number four, fight by looking up. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, throw every, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run this race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. And another version says the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, if we're going to fight this good fight of faith, we need to do it on our knees in prayer. We need to stand against the enemy with the full armour of God. We need to fight together in arms, but ultimately it's by fixing our eyes upon the author of our faith, the perfecter of our faith. He went before us. He went before us and exemplified the greatest battle of all. Being disconnected from the Father. He didn't have to do it. He was in glory on His throne, a king. 
He decided to leave His throne for you and me. The ultimate battle that was ever faced. We fix our eyes upon Jesus and look at the cross and look at the resurrection as an example of, yes, I can overcome this battle because Jesus paid the price for me. I just want to read something that I read in a book from J.C. Rowe. It says, it's on the screen, I think. A special faith in our Lord Jesus Christ's person, work and office is the life, heart and mainspring of the Christian soldier's character. He sees by faith an unseen saviour who loved him, gave himself for him, paid his debts for him, bore his sins, carried his transgressions, rose again for him and appears in heaven for him as his advocate at the right hand of God. He sees Jesus and clings to him. Seeing this Saviour and trusting in Him, He feels peace and hope and willingly does battle against the foes of His soul. He sees His own many sins, His own weak heart, a tempting world, a busy devil. And and if He looked only at them, He might well despair. But He sees also a mighty Saviour, an interceding Saviour, a sympathising Saviour, His blood, His righteousness, His everlasting priesthood. And He believes that all this is His own. He sees Jesus and casts His whole weight on Him. Seeing Him, He cheerfully fights on with a confidence that He will prove more than a conqueror through Him that love Him. Habitual, lively faith in Christ's presence and readiness to help is the secret of the Christian. If we have a lively faith, that is firmly upon Jesus, not upon our own good works. Because like I said, we're, we're fighting even in the midst of imperfection. When the Father sees us, He will see Jesus because we are justified. But we strive, we fight because we want to become more like Him. Because we know that our faith, our souls are under attack from the enemies that are coming against us, church. And we fight on our knees as we cry out to God. We fight by standing against the attacks of the enemy, by putting on the full armour of God. We fight all together. We're not alone in this place, church. We're fighting this battle together and we fight by... By fixing our eyes upon Jesus. So why don't you stand with me? Lord, help us throughout this week, Lord God, to have a, a different perspective, to have an eternal perspective. As the battles come near us, as they seem too hard to get through, Lord God, let us have an eternal perspective and that we see the, the glory on the other side. We take hold of the eternal life that is our prize, Lord God, not just after but now God we take hold of that prize and we just thank you God anyone that is struggling 
beyond a point right now where they think they cannot overcome it, where they think faith and hope is lost. God, we just pray for them. God, we just tell them that we are there with them, beside them, and that you are there with them, Lord God. You don't want them to fall away, God, but you have a plan and a purpose for their life, Lord. Please hold on to them, Lord Jesus, and give give them your peace and understanding, Lord. We don't understand fully your will. Why? bad things happen to good people sometimes. God, we don't fully understand it, but nonetheless, we will put our trust and our faith in you because like we've been singing, you are a good, good father. You're a good God and a faithful father. So we put our trust in you this morning in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 I hope the word has blessed you this morning. Um, Be blessed throughout the rest of this week. Say hi to someone. And go in the blessing and love of Christ. Amen.